0: Good morning. And we have been reading through the Bible as a congregation and kind of teaching through it as we go. We are just into the book of Exodus and then this past week crossed into Numbers and to Deuteronomy. And I don't know if you have been doing your readings. This week was a tough week of readings. There was a lot of chapters and some of the chapters were tough to go through. The content was challenging. And we're in this series kind of on the story thinking about how God is going to shape and use our lives as we become more aware of the scriptures and, and the themes in the scriptures. When I was in grade 7, I struggled significantly with math. And I was fortunate enough at that time to have a math teacher who loved math and could not understand anybody that did not love math and made it his personal mission to make me a great math student. And so he gave me um, lunchtime remedials, After school remedials. Come on by after school, Rabul. I'll I'll, I'll work on some stuff with you. Here's some extra math homework. Oh, it'll be so great. I mean, just think about how great it'll be. And um, it was the longest, hardest, most difficult class I ever took in all of my school years. But I got it. And it laid the foundation for the rest of my academic career because I was able to get the math. And the stories that we're reading this week, we see Israel is kind of in school. They're in a really, really tough, long, painful course learning to follow God. And God is relentless with them. He will not let them go. He is, wants them to understand what it means to truly trust him. He's not going to dismiss them and kind of pass them on to, to the next year. And, and as we read through the passages this week, we came again and again and again to all these little stops along the way where God is the teacher And he's instructing his students, will you trust me? Will you trust me? Um, As you know, they did not take the the straightest route. You'll see here on this map, you'll see the peninsula, the Sinai Peninsula. Down on the very bottom is Mount Sinai, which is where we talked about last week, where they received the Ten Commandments. From there to the Canaan, to the Promised Land, where God is going to take them, it's an 11-day journey. That's all. If they were to kind of get up this morning and break camp, all two million of them, it would take them 11 days to get there. So I got up on my phone today and I figured out where if we were to go for a walk today, and it, where would we be in, like 11 days? Why well, Anybody want to go on a road trip? It'd be a lot of fun. So I did Sydney, Cape Breton, and so if we left St. John, it would take us five days and 11 hours of straight walking, no stopping to get there. So I factored in pee breaks. You know, a group this size, we'd have to stop a couple times, meals, and uh, having, you know, we'd sleep. We wouldn't walk right through the night for five and a half days. So I guesstimated it would take us about 11 days. That's the journey that God is going to take his people on from Mount Sinai to the land of Canaan. Does anybody remember how many years it took? It took 40. They've already got a year under their belt when they get to Mount Sinai, so it takes 39 years from this point to get to the promised land. And we realize they are on a journey. They are in class. They are living in the wilderness. They are at school. And the lesson that God is trying to instruct them is, will you trust me? At each stop and with every challenge and with every obstacle and with every hardship, the question is the same. Will you trust me? And their experience of wandering is no different than ours. They've left somewhere And they have not yet arrived somewhere. They're in between. They're living in the middle. Jeff Mannion has a great book out. You can get it in our library called The Land in Between. It's when you've left a place and you've not yet reached a place. And you're just living in between in that space. And that's where the Israelites are. And some of you are there right now as well. You've graduated from college and you have not yet found a job. You have decided to start a family, but you do not yet have children. You've been given a diagnosis, but the treatments haven't yet started. You've been separated from a loved one who's passed away, and you are not yet reunited with them in heaven. Maybe you've been given some medication for depression or some illness that you're suffering with, and it's not yet started to work. You're living in between in this space. And it's new, and it's scary, and it's unknown because you've never been here before. And it's our classroom. Just like the Israelites in the wilderness, it's our classroom. And the lesson that God is asking us is, will you trust me in this wilderness season when you don't know what's coming, when you don't know what to do, and you don't know how long you're going to be here? And that's the scary part of being in the wilderness, of wandering, of being in between we don't know how long we're going to be here. And for most of us, it's been my experience, it's always way too long. That it's too long. And if we're really honest, sometimes it feels like God is not hurrying up quick enough. He's not working on our timing and on our, and on our timeline. And we just feel like we're frustrated all the time. We're going to watch a little clip here in a second that may kind of capture a little bit what you might be experiencing. You're saying that because he's a sloth, he can't be fast? Flash, flash, 100-yard dash. Buddy, it's nice to see you. Nice to see you, too. Hmm. Officer Judy Haps, CPD, how are you? I am doing... Fine. Well, what... Hang in there. Can I do... Well, I was hoping you could run a play... For you. Well, I was hoping you today. could... Today. Well, I was hoping you could run a plate for us. We are in a really big hurry. What's the plate? Two nine T number. Two nine T H D zero three. Two nine T H D zero three. H D zero three. Three. Zero. Three! Hey Flash, wanna hear a joke? No! Sure. Mm -hmm. What do you call a three humped camel? I don't know. Pregnant. (laughs) have you ever felt like this rabbit like you're just waiting like you're waiting on someone else's time maybe you're in the slowest line at the grocery store you're behind the slowest line of traffic out in the streets or maybe for some of you it really is a spiritual matter for you and you have been bringing it to the Lord and you just feel like he is not working on your timeline God I prayed six minutes ago that I would be a spiritual giant and it has not happened yet One of the lessons when we're in the wilderness is to trust that God's timing is perfect, even when it's not our timing. One of the lessons of anyone who's wandered, who's been in between, is to remember that God's timing is perfect, even when it doesn't make sense to us, even when everything seems wrong. Think about the characters that we've read about even into this part of the journey. Abraham gets promised a child, it takes 10 years. God promises Joseph that he's going to get him out of prison. Thirteen years later, he gets out of prison. God allows Moses 40 years to tend sheep in the wilderness at Midian before he calls him to lead the people out of Egypt. As we'll find out in a few weeks, King David will be promised to be king of Israel, and he waits 20 years before it's his time. I don't know what some of you are thinking. Rob, if you're trying to encourage us today, epic fail. And even as I say this, I just know some of your stories. And I know what you're waiting through. I know the season of life that you're in. So I do not say this flippantly because this is really one of the hardest lessons to learn to anybody who's trying to be obedient to the Lord. But just as God was with Israel every step of the way, providing and leading, so God wants to do the same for you in the most difficult of your seasons. He's with you. And he's going to provide for you. I want to read for you just a short passage from Deuteronomy chapter 32. This comes at the very end of all of their wandering. They're getting ready to go into the promised land. Moses, a good preacher, gives a really long speech before they could go in. And he reads them these words. And I just want them to kind of capture your heart for a second. Deuteronomy 32, 9 and 10. For the Lord's portion is his people. The Lord's portion, and the word portion has been used lots of times up to this point to describe the allotment of land that when they get into the promised land, everybody's going to get a portion. This family's going to get a portion. This family's going to get a portion, so on and so forth. And then it says, the Lord's portion is his people, Jacob, his allotted inheritance. In a desert land, he found him. In a barren and howling waste, he shielded him and cared for him and he guarded him as the apple of his eye the Lord is saying is while you were in the wilderness I looked after you I provided for you and I was there for you that is the lesson for all of us who find ourselves in this season of being in between of wandering around there's a danger in the wilderness as well and the danger in the wilderness is that our hearts grow hard to the Lord that our hearts grow hard to the Lord. The pressures, the difficulties, the length of waiting, the repetition and monotony of everyday life overshadows what the Lord has done and what he's trying to do in our hearts. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, I know I'm going backwards here. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 9, Moses gathers all the people together and he says this to them. Only be careful. So he said a whole bunch of things. Only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them slip away from your heart as long as you live. Do not forget what your eyes have seen. Moses stands there and he says... Don't forget. The, how could they forget these things? They have seen themselves freed from slavery. They have seen the plagues. They have seen the parting of the Red Sea. They have seen God's provision being led by cloud by day, fire by night. They have seen the provision of manna and quail and water from the rock. Again and again and again. They have been given the Ten Commandments. God has met with them in, in the Tent of Meeting again and again and again. And Moses says to them, careful that you don't forget all the things that you have seen. And you think to yourself, well, how, how could they forget and the truth is, when we are in the wilderness, when we're in a season of wandering, we can lose sight of everything the Lord has done in our life, of all that we have and all that God has called us for. Yesterday, I was driving down Adelaide, coming down Adelaide to the intersection at Main Street. Um, red light stopped. And in my, on my right side, I noticed this beautiful red tree. Do you know which ones I mean? I mean, they're the reddest of the reds. They stand out on any landscape. It's bright, 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 kind of furious red, gorgeous, beautiful. And I see it there. And I'm just stopped at the red light and I think, man, that's a beautiful tree. That's so gorgeous. Then I'm driving down Douglas Avenue and I see a few more in people's yards. And I'm kind of working my way over to the west side and I see some more. And I think to myself, these are beautiful trees. I think, we should get one for our yard. I get home, I get out of my car and I walk into my backyard. We have one. It's like eight feet tall and ten feet wide, and it's got leaves all over my lawn. I thought, how did I not know that we have a tree just like this? But we forget. Life gets busy, things happen, and before we know it, we lose sight of things that are right in front of us. I read an article this week about Nick Walenda. He is the tightrope walker, walks across those metal cables between skyscrapers and it was an article um, that he had, an interview that he had given just before he walked across Niagara Falls. He was going to be 60 meters above the water. The distance of the walk was half a kilometer. The cable that he was walking on was seven millimeters in diameter and it was going to take him 45 minutes while he carried a long pole that weighed 45 pounds. The interviewer asked him an interesting question. He said, Nick, what is the biggest threat for you walking across this wire? And what immediately comes to your mind? Um, The 681,000 gallons of water that are spilling over the falls every second, kicking up wind and spray in your face while you're trying to walk across, that might cross his mind. Wind in general, the lack of a safety harness, gravity. Um, I mean, think of the threats. Do you know what he said his number one threat was? Monotony. Monotony. He said, I've done this so many times, and I'm so familiar with it, that the biggest threat to me is I get distracted. He says, I'm walking across, and I suddenly start thinking about things that I have to do tomorrow. And he says, then I say, stop it. You're 200 meters off the ground. You're gonna die in seconds if you don't pay attention. And the Israelites are doing the same thing as they wander through the wilderness. God is providing for them, leading them, guiding them, teaching them, instructing them, and they lose sight of it. It happens to them, and it happens to us. And when it happens to us, our hearts start to harden towards the Lord. And we start to miss out on the things that He's doing and the things that He wants to do for us. Not only that, we can start complaining. I don't know if you're in your readings this week, you noticed how often the Israelites. Complained. I love. There's this one little section. I just want to read from you for you from Numbers 11. Just humor me. It's from the message, so it's a little bit of a loosey-goosey translation. But it reads like this: The riffraff among the Israelites had a craving, and soon everybody was whining. We can't have meat. They said. We had fish in Egypt, and we got it for free. To say nothing of the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. But nothing tastes good out here. All we get is manna, manna, manna. Remember they were slaves for 400 years? They'd lost sight of all of that. And all they could see were their problems and their challenges. And the danger of the wilderness is that our hearts grow hard towards the Lord. That they grow cold towards the Lord. That we forget so quickly the Lord's work in our own lives, in the lives of the people that we love and know. We sit in a church service like this this morning and we sing a song or we read a scripture or someone talks about Jesus dying for their sins and we kind of say, yeah, I heard that before. Or we come on in and we see a Baptist tank, baptistry, and we think, oh, there's baptism today, The service is going to go long. Or we forget the fact that we've been called his daughters and his sons and that we have been given all the provisions of Christ in and accessible to our life. And we drive away from our small group and think, you know, everybody else in our small group has a bigger house than us. Where Jesus has positioned us to be the light of the world in our workplace or in our neighborhood or in our family setting. And all we can think about all day long is losing 10 pounds. How easy we lose sight of what the Lord is wanting to do in our hearts or has done in our hearts, in the wilderness can become a time when our hearts grow hard towards the Lord. I love this uh, quote, uh, quick, 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 quick quote. The same sun that softens the wax hardens the clay. The same sun that softens the wax can harden the clay in our lives. It terrifies me in my own life how quickly, how quickly my heart can grow hard. How quickly I can focus on what I don't have and be completely blind to the many, many, many blessings of God in my life. So my question for you this morning is, has your heart grown hard? Has it grown cold? In this wilderness season of wandering, maybe it's just grown weary. And as God even speaks and as he moves, you're just kind of missing it. We're so fixated on what we don't have that we've lost sight of all that God has given us and wants to do. And I'll tell you today, the cure for a hardened heart, a cold heart, is to simply to humble ourselves before the Lord and say, Lord, I need you. I just need you. Just as the Israelites learned to trust God at each stop along the way in the wilderness, sort of the greatest lesson for each of us today is that God wants to and will provide for you as you wander through that season. But for some of us today, maybe you just need to say, God, my heart has grown hard. And I can't even remember the last time I prayed. I can't remember the last time I felt your Holy Spirit just kind of move in my life. Maybe you would say, look, Lord, I just my eyes of faith have grown dim. I am struggling to trust you. Maybe I'm even struggling to believe in you today. And so I just come this morning and say, Lord, I need you. Or maybe you would just say, Lord, I know you've led me before. I, I know you've led me at this time. I know you've led me at this time in my life. And, but right now I am just feeling incredibly lost. I need you. Wherever you're at today, here's the great news. When we humble ourselves and when we cry out to the Lord, he is there for us. And the lesson that we learn from reading through the wilderness story is that no matter where we are, no matter how bad it is, That when we call out to him, he hears and he comes. He provides what we need and he leads us the next step. It's my prayer that you would know that today beyond a shadow of a doubt. Let me pray for us. Lord, for those today who are in the wilderness, who are wandering, who feel like it's been a long time since they left that last place of known comfort and they feel like they're 10,000 miles from where they want to be. God, I pray that they would just know today that they can simply call out to you and you are there, that you want to lead, that you want to guide, and that you want to provide for us. Lord, today I just pray for those whose heart may have grown cold or heart over this last season of wandering and who are just wondering, is it possible for me even to come back? Is it possible for me to have that clarity and that certainty and that that heart for God again? And Lord, we know that it is. And so today we just say that we need you. And we are so grateful that you are gracious and that you are kind and that you hear us when we call